One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's a vibe with five, vibe with five, you already know this. Yes, guys, this is a special edition of Vibe with Five. We've got our guest here. Mr. Kevin Prince Boateng. Yes. You said yes, it right. You, know, said <laughs> it right, yeah. right. you got to get it right. Obviously, <laughs> myself, Steve House and, and Joel Bear here, but the main man today is Mr. Kevin Prince Boateng. Listen, before we start here, yeah, we're doing a bit of research before you come. Bro, the amount of clubs you have played for is nuts. I've never seen anything like this. <laughs> Why, man? Why so many clubs? Is it positive or negative? <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just amazed at how many clubs you played for. And like, I, there's some AC Milan. Tottenham Hotspur, Fiorentina, Dortmund, Bessic Dax, Barcelona, big club, bro. Yeah, it's coming around. Which was your favorite club? Milan. Like Hertha, Hertha Berlin, because I was born there and become became a professional. But uh, yeah, Milan was my best time and mm. I felt good. What was it about Milan that you liked? Is it the city? Is it the place? Yeah, all together, the, the lifestyle, you know, I've learned a lot. I became a man in Milan. And uh, yeah, we, we were successful. We were really successful. It was a great side, like a great team. Oh, the training ground's pretty nice at Milan as well. Yeah, they have a huge training ground. So you, you know, you do your thing at Herfa. Uh, you're, you know, you're one probably the the best young German player. Why Spurs? <laughs> why? <laughs> this is yeah. an Arsenal fan. And, and you had the chance yeah, to go no. to Arsenal, by the way. Just saying. Yeah, but with seventeen, bro. Yeah, I was too young, but. Um, yeah, I grew up in parts in Berlin that were, weren't so nice. So money was not a lot. Didn't have a lot of money. And to be honest, Spurs had um, made a big offer. I have to be honest, coming from, from that neighborhood and I had the possibility, like I was really close with Sevilla back in the day. It was uh, Juan de Ramos was the coach and he wanted me. So we, we spoke and, but at the end of the day, Spurs paid more money. So I went paid more money to you or to the club? No, to the club as well and to me. So mm. I went with Spurs because I said I need to take care of my whole family. You know, it's that Barclays era Premier League cash in it, loads of it. Mm. So did you? So to be fair, you you played with some decent players at Spurs. Yeah. Did you look at the team sheet before <laughs> no. you left? You know, or did you just think you know what? It's all about the money, money, money. Yeah, at the beginning it was all about the money. I didn't look at the team sheet. I didn't look. They had at that time they had ten midfielders. You know. <laughs> so I didn't even look at it. I was just, first of all, I was confident in myself, but I didn't even check out. I should have checked out that there was a lot of players that were better than me in that time. Mm. You, <laughs> would you Would you have, looking back, would you have? Yeah, I would have never gone to Spurs at that time. Really? I was too young. I, I should have stayed in Berlin mm. and um, become a bigger player there, more experience, you know. But mm. at the end, it worked out good. A lot of players rush and make that move too quick, don't they? Mm. And, and obviously, sometimes finances do come into it. And if you're from a background that you're saying where money was going to make a big difference yeah. to your life, sometimes the footballing element takes second priority. Um, but... If you had your time again, you're saying you would have you would have stayed, you'd have yeah. you would have resisted the money and, and for the betterment of your career, you're saying, yeah. Definitely. That's a hard decision to make though, isn't it? Very hard decision. But looking back now, the money that I made there didn't help me mm. as a person, as a human, and as a footballer, you know, because too much money in that age. I didn't have like someone who took care of me, told me, listen, put money aside, be careful, do that. I just went out and I was alone by myself with twenty years old, making a lot of money. What were you earning then? What were you making back then? The good thing, I, I got uh, like a million a year, oh, 1.2, something like that. But back in the day, uh, euros was double. Mm. 
So mm. I got my salary. I sent it back to Germany. It was double. <laughs> so it was double mm. rich. <laughs> wow. So <laughs> so what was you going out and buying like cars? Cars. I brought three. Uh, bought three cars in one day. Shout out to Elo. Back <laughs> Elo? The, yeah. With the hair? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this guy, man. Remember, yeah. he used to be in the club. This guy, Elo, was like a, if you know Maxwell, the singer, he looked <laughs> yeah. like him, he did the big R&B. hair. He was Good the looking best, guy. best salesman. But he was out and about in the clubs and he could get you anything. Elo, yeah. So I, I, I tried because I didn't play a lot. I was in a bad, bad place when I came to London. Didn't play a lot. Went out all the time. So I, I tried to buy happiness, you know? So I bought three cars in a day. Three in one day is kicking the ass out of it a little bit. What car? Sure. What what car I was going to say, which cars did you buy in one day to make you happy? I bought a Lamborghini Gallardo oh. Spider, and I bought a Hummer H2 <laughs> with 27-inch <a> <laughs> Inconspicuous thing, Anything yeah? else cliche? Yeah, and uh, a Cadillac from the 70s. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and I thought that's happiness. So after one week, I was unhappy again. <laughs> What's the no training ground doing when you're rocking up in them? No, I came with my Range Rover. I thought my Range Rover was already a big car, you know? So I, I brought my Range Rover from Germany to, to Spurs. So I came at a, at a training ground and everybody had like Aston Martin, Lamborghini, Ferraris, like Aaron Lennon and all these guys, you know? And I said, it's too small that car, so I have to... Level and up. I didn't play one second. I didn't even, like I trained <laughs> with the team three times. I was 20, I said, ah. So I went to Elo, Elo, what you got? Yeah, Lamborghini, bang, bought it. So when you've done this and you go back to the training ground, are players noticing that you've got this car no, and you're not no playing? They didn't even care. No, no one cares. Like England, mentally, they're different. You know, if you do that in Germany, it's going to be in the news everywhere. Mm. But in England, no one, no one cared. They were like, oh, nice car. And that's it. And Martin Yol, so he's the manager at the time, right? Yeah. What was he saying to you? Lad, like we've just bought you, you know, you, you got players that you can learn off. Like yeah. you're, you know, you said- Oh, the funny, like don't even go into it because I get aggressive. Yeah. The, <laughs> the funny part was I'm 20 years old. Uh, Komoli back in the day was this sportive director and Daniel Levy, they wanted me because they wanted to build like the new Arsenal yeah. with the best young players. So they got Adel Tarab, Yunus Kabul, me, you know, they brought like from every country around like the best, best players. Yeah. So they wanted me. Martin Yule didn't even want me. Mm. So after one week training with the team and I'm getting to know everybody, he calls me in his office and says, hey, I see you got talent, but I don't really need you. Whoa. And I was like 20 years old. You know, I just came from home. I left my family, everything. (laughs) And he told me in the face, he's like, I don't really want you. Like, you're going to be around, but you're not going to play. What does that do for you mentally as a young kid? This was one of the toughest moments in my career as a young age. Was you training well though? Yeah, I did my thing, you know, like I came there and get to know it, bro, one week. Did that affect the, the how you trained exactly, after that? Exactly, exactly. Because I, then then I said, it's like, what's the point? What's the point? Let me enjoy the city. I buy cars. So I, <laughs> I, I searched for happiness around everything. Mm. I was never in the team. I was always at the stands at the White Hart Lane. What, what was his reason for that though? Like, I don't, what, I don't know what a manager they, gets Back like in that. the day had problems. They didn't communicate good. It was not a good connection. Martin Yule and Komoli and all these, you know, so... What player Komoli brought, Martin Yo didn't want to play him. Oh, okay. And then it came to one part that <laughs> I came back from, was like three days off or whatever. I, I went to Germany. I came back and I came in the dressing room and on my on my locker wasn't my name anymore. And I was like, and then the kid man said, yeah, you're in the different dressing room. I said, oh, what you no, mean? So they just took my number 17 and put, gave it to Giovanni Dos Santos. Oh, mate. And just they just took my number. That's the biggest disrespect yeah. for a player. He was oh, supposed to be the next Ronaldo. No, no, but you're, you're in the first team dressing room yeah. and you walk back in there and the man and go, the kit man, not even the manager, the kit man goes on that. You're in the, kid with, the kids, with the kids. 
Ooh. And then, you know, you just go down. It shows how bad it is, isn't it, when you've got sporting directors and the managers that aren't on the same page. Yeah. It's catastrophic. I've learned from that. So every other team I went to, I needed to, t- to speak, speak to, to the both, manager. Both. I oh. said, I want both to, to want me because that, like, I, I learned my lesson. Mm. So then I was in the second team for, for no reason. For how long? Then for like two yeah. months or something. Then Martin Yule got sacked. And who came? Juan Ramos. Ramos. He wanted you at Sevilla. And he was angry. He's like, you were supposed to come to Sevilla. Why didn't you come? Oh. And then I didn't play again. And I said, what you mean? I went to Sevilla. You're not there anymore. Oh. You're here now. Yeah, yeah. So I thought I have a new chance, a new coach coming, you know, a new manager. He comes angry with me, like really angry. They put me out of the team and everything. But then I performed good and he gave me at least like 14 games. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He gave wow. me a little bit of hope. It's crazy how managers can really affect you as a, as a young player. You, so you played alongside some some great players there, Modric. Yeah. Like what was he like then? Because obviously we know what he is now and he became like a legend of the game, yeah? What Did you always see that in him? Yeah. When I trained with him, you could see he's like unbelievable. His outside foot and the way he read the game. And physically, he wasn't ready for the Premier League. You know, mm. the Premier League was different. They were all huge. They went to the gym and just so much weight, you know. Mm-hmm. You get anywhere near him in training? Is he just touch taking no, it away impossible. from you every time? Impossible. Because he, he knew already what he did before the ball came, you know. <laughs> so his first touch, you, you just he just passes you. So you could see that. Then Jermaine Genius, box to box player, you know, he was. Like his physique was unbelievable. How good was JJ? Because like, a lot of people don't really chat uh, about He's JJ. underrated. Yeah. He's so underrated. Like he was a great player. Finishing, mm. like box to box running, defending. Like he did it all. Mm. Like he had Modric was the, the brain and uh, JJ was the body. He's but gonna, technical as well, good. Mm. He's going to clip this one up, man. He's going to love yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah. He's a good, yeah, I love him. Yeah, Shout yeah, out, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know. Sorry, what about Bell? Because Bell was there as well, wasn't he? Bell was horrible. Was this when he was left back, Bale? Yeah. He got 26 games without a win. Yeah, yeah exactly. Back. So we both went to the second team. <laughs> okay. We both got sent to the second team. So we played at the second team, me and Bell. And then three years later, we see each other at Champions League uh, quarterfinals at wow. Santiago Bernabeu, Real Madrid, AC Milan. <laughs> I want to stop you right there. And obviously you had bad experiences. The manager don't want you. New manager don't want you. You compare yourself and Bell. Do you think you took the right approach when the managers didn't win you? How did you train afterwards? Because obviously you said that you was enjoying your life and that. Compare that to Bell. Was he doing the same thing? Was he out and about? Was he, you know? You know, the difference is when you when you grow up, when you're young, if you have like a stabilization around you, stable life, family, whatever. I didn't have that. My family was all over the place, you know? So I was by myself. Of course, I took the wrong path. Like I did everything a player shouldn't do. You don't play. Usually you go in the gym and you work out and you do more. That's why I can speak out of experience because back in, afterwards I did that and then the fruits come, you know, you, you're going to play. Like I went out, I went clubbing, I didn't train good, I didn't care. I put on weight, you know, Bell was working out, he was becoming the machine he was afterwards, you know. So he went left, I went right. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I took it in the worst way ever. Mm-hmm. But you said that you looked at that situation and you realized that you needed to play. Yeah. So then how did Spurs come about? I mean, how did Portsmouth come about? Yeah, then I went on loan to Dortmund right. with Klopp. That was good because he gave me a lot of confidence. He, mm-hmm. he gave me a lot of energy. They didn't have the money to buy me at the end, but it gave me back the feeling to be a footballer. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, nice, okay. Mm-hmm. So I came back to Tottenham, but Tottenham for me was like a dark zone. So right. I wanted to get out of You've there. You've gone too fast. Yeah, you got to stop. Pause Dortmund, and Klopp, a little Klopp bit. who you played with, 
good team that. No, nah, they weren't quite the finished team. They were. The there was, League, no, was there was the beginning of Dortmund being the side what it is today, you know, had like Alex Fry as a striker. It wasn't like unbelievable Alex player, Fry, but I remember, yeah, remember that. Score goals, man. Uh, There's going to be some mad names in this team, by yeah. the way. So Mohamed Zidane, you remember that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a good player. <laughs> oh, the so, Egyptian guy. The Egyptian. Oh, guy. bad player. They call him the fake Zidane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what that was that team. So I came there, coming from playing nothing, and club loved me because he said. But when he when they announced that I come to Dortmund, like they they, they criticized the club like unbelievable. Why you bring that guy in? He's crazy. You didn't see what he's doing in Tottenham. He's buying three Lamborghinis in a day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So club stood up at the press conference and said, I brought him here and I will make him the player he is. Wow. And he said, like, Prince Boateng has a book of 1,000 pages and each page is different. That's how good he is. That was wow. like his announcement. I came there, I was like, wow. So I said, I will, I will give my life for do, this Do you guy. think that's his best attribute as a coach that yeah. he can get? Because he looks like he's the type who gets players on side. Yeah. Come, I'm going to take every, you Every player would die for him on the yeah. pitch because he gives you that feeling, that confidence and that feeling of love as well. Like whatever you do, if you do a mistake, he's going to be there too. Was you looking for that father figure as, yeah, a, as a player? I needed that guy who's believing in me after Martin Yol, Juan de Ramos, and no one believed in me, you know? So, and I didn't believe in myself. Like I, I just gave up. I said, I had like six, seven pounds more, you know, I didn't care. So, so he gave me that feeling. So I came there and I performed. Then things didn't work out because I had some bad tackles I made. And in Germany, I had not the best name because people said I'm crazy. So I had like two, three tackles. One, the last game I played for them, I kicked someone in the face. And like he was, <laughs> he was my teammate afterwards in Frankfurt. And he still had the scar, like Harry no. Potter. He was like the big <laughs> scar. So, and he still protected me club. And he's like, yeah, he, because he wanted to show everybody how good he is. And then, but you could see already like how powerful club is, you know? Mm -hmm. And he, and he loved me and he invited me to his house, but I never went because then in the dressing room, it's a bit, tricky you know mm. i went i went drinking, boy. drinking with his son one time you know the next morning he came to me and said what did you do to my son i said yeah you wanted to drink like a big man he said this guy this <laughs> guy <laughs> this guy he slept on the, in the toilet <laughs> so he was like a very important figure in in my career didn't mm. work out he called me personally and said we can't buy you we didn't not have the money both of us cried on the phone wow like really cried and i said wow. i want to stay with you oh, and wow. he said i want you to stay you know it's like that back and forth like we had a very good relationship yeah. wow so it's good to see that he's got a human side but on a training aspect obviously we've seen that the liverpool players like you know what i mean like they they're yeah. doing sprints they're pulling out the yeah. miles what's it like in a training session with club exactly the same like you train one hour 15 but high level there's no breaks. It High intensity. Quick. Like the pitch is already prepared for everything. So you don't have to wait. You don't have, you just get, get a zip of water and then go on the next, uh, next um, exercise, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's how he works. One hour, one hour, 15, but on the highest level, no distraction, no talking or whatever, like work. You, you, you mentioned outside, if we move it forward, you go to Portsmouth after this. Yeah. And it's, I think you mentioned a really important point, especially for any people that are young and aspiring to be players or in any field of work. Sometimes you have to take two, three, four, five steps back yeah. to be able to move forward again. You done that with going to Portsmouth from Tottenham, didn't you? Yeah, I had some other offers, but uh, as me, as being someone who wants to show the people that they're wrong, I wanted to stay in England. And the only club was Portsmouth. Was that Harry Redknapp? No, Harry Redknapp was the one who let, who let me go. Because they sacked Juan Ramos, Harry Redknapp came in and he let me go. And then Avram Grant, Avram Grant called me to, to Portsmouth. And I knew I had to make, because this is all about pride. 
you know, you're Tottenham, you make that money and you said, nah, I'm not going to go to a smaller club. You think you're better than you you are, you know? So people have to realize sometimes making five steps backwards, playing in a smaller team, smaller stadium, lifestyle is not the same. They gamble that as well, Portsmouth, because they, they, were, they weren't a team that were fancied at the time either. So that is a big gamble. To, yeah, to yeah, yeah. I gambled, yeah, of course. But I believed in myself because I just wanted to play. And the coach told me, come, you will play every game. I need you and whatever. So I believed in myself after coming from Dortmund. And uh, yeah, I had to make five steps back with my lifestyle, with me, with salary, whatever. But I knew if I if it works out how I want it to work out, I believed in myself that afterwards I will make like 10 steps forward. Which it did. It did, yeah. yeah. But it, it takes a lot of like thinking, you know, you have to leave your pride aside. Tell me a footballer who has the balls to do that, you know. Mm. You see it so many times, they just stay in the situation, stay in the situation to get the same money or for a be, badge be, yeah, for a badge f to be miserable every day. Like sometimes you have to think about yourself and what you want. What was, what, what kind of things did you have to do to get yourself to the level where you leave Portsmouth? Like who leaves a relegated Premier League team and goes to, to, to AC Milan? <laughs> That's nuts. So the thing was I played good with Portsmouth. I had good performances and then I was lucky that I had the World Cup at that moment. Yeah. So game I played, changer. my last game with Portsmouth was the FA Cup final against Chelsea, uh, where we lose 1-0, free kick from Drogba, where I tackled Michael Bullock. And this like ended his career, that tackle. Oh, wow. So again, from going up in my career, being like noticed and whatever, in Germany, they like literally killed me for it. Was the captain at that time from the German mm. national team and was the last game before the World Cup. Did he say anything to you after that tackle? Yeah, they wanted to sue me. <laughs> uh, Balak. Yeah, yeah, it's like management wanted to sue me. In Germany, I was on 8 million front pages in the world being the bad boy. Wow. In Germany, they called me uh, public enemy number one. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. So I land in Berlin, I go to the pass control. The guy looks at my pass passport and he's looking like, ah, you're that guy. I said, yeah, he throws my passport on the floor. No way. So that's, that's how I was hated. They sent me letters home. You have family still in Germany as well at this time. Yeah, yeah. They they said we're gonna kill your kid, we're gonna rape your wife, and all that stuff. Like was mm. crazy. Wow, Jesus. So I was on the low again, and then like a week before that, I announced that I'm gonna play for Ghana. So all together, they're no. like, you're a traitor. You were born and raised here. Mm. You know. Then the racism came out mm. and all that stuff. So yeah, it was a tough time, but I was lucky. I had the World Cup. Mm -hmm. So I performed really good at the World Cup and then I had the chance well, to uh, On the backdrop of all that negativity, you must, mentally, would you consider yourself a strong guy? I don't know. I just... I'm not, telling you, you must be. Was, that, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Definitely, I, I was strong, but it leaves scars, you know. You have scars from that moment. You mm. take them with you forever. So you, you go to AC Milan, you, you probably have the best time of your career. Wait, wait, before you go to... How, how and why did you choose Ghana when your brother, yeah, yeah. Jerome, plays for who I just saw the other day at the Usher concert? Shout out, Jerome. <laughs> um, how does he choose Germany and you choose Ghana? I chose, I chose, uh, I played for Germany till the under 21s, so it was destined that I'm going to play for Germany for the national team. But I didn't see myself there because I'm a guy, I will say what I think, and I will not always do what the coach tells me to do. Maybe he says play left, I will play right because I think it's the better, better option or I want to play number 10, he puts me number six because I had my, men my mentality. So I didn't see myself there and they didn't see me there. Talent wise, no, no doubt, but 
character-wise, I wasn't good for the German team. Mm. So with going against Germany the whole time, our relationship wasn't good. I didn't want to go and maybe get the chance to play for the German national team and then things go south again and then the mm. whole country is going to hate me again. Mm. So I said I would take the road, I would go and like play for for my black side and I said I want to mm. make them proud, you know. Would you obviously received well there? What was the difference like when you're there and... Bro, honestly, like I always said I got more losses in my career and I'm not talking about games, more losses than wins in my career. Mm -hmm. It's like going to Ghana, I thought like I'm coming home. It wasn't like that. Yeah, because I'm not born there. I wasn't raised mm -hmm. there, you know? So you're not black enough. Here you're not white enough. You're light you know skin, I mean? you're light skin as exactly. well. Exactly, so I had to earn my respect. I had to come there and like really bow down and say, okay, because it's normal, the Africans, they have their pride as well. Yeah. Afterwards, they respected me and they loved me like a brother, but at the mm. beginning was tough. Talking like teammates or just yeah, fans? Yeah, Is teammates, it? fans, you know, was always back and forth. They said, ah, oh, he shouldn't be here. And then others just, yeah, he should be here. So it wasn't easy at the beginning. And then oh. coming right into the World Cup, you know, I came right in and the coach put me right as a and I performed so good, luckily. Now we remember that, mm. man. Luckily, because yeah. if I didn't perform good, they would kill me. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. that's Lisa, you get you moved into AC Milan, like from relegation to a World Cup performance and then AC Milan. What's it like walking in to that Milan training ground with the likes of Zlatan there, Pirlo, Nesta, Ronaldinho, Seedorf, Ambrosini, captain, Allegri's the manager. Allegri. Allegri. So what is it like walking into with that, man, and the badge? Um, the build-up was just crazy going there. Like, I was in Portsmouth. My agent said, yeah, we're going to look for a club and uh, we're going to try to earn this money, whatever. What, so, where were you thinking at the time? Were you thinking, like... <laughs> no, I was supposed to go to Genoa. Yeah. So I was already talking with Genoa and they said, like, yeah, Genoa. And I was in Saint-Tropez. With my with my friends, with him as well. Yeah. <laughs> so we were out there in party, the party partying, and like that, yeah. enjoying life after the World Cup. You mm -hmm. know, good vibes. Mm -hmm. oh, I played again kilos. <laughs> no, because at the World Cup I wasn't fit, bro. Like I played with adrenaline, yeah, I stayed, yeah. but I wasn't fit. I was like still five pounds uh, too much. So being there training, so my agent calls me. Are you training? I say yeah, every day I'm training. <laughs> in the bar. I went partying, I went clubbing. <laughs> I didn't live a professional life. Sancho Pay was, was amazing back then, though. I remember? Wow. I used to go there as well. So expensive, though. Oh, bro. <laughs> what was the club there? The clubs there? The VIP. VIP yeah. room. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> Shout out VIP room in Sancho Pay. Whoa. <laughs> so, so I was doing everything I shouldn't do. Then, Genoa, Genoa, I said to my, I said to my agent, yeah, whatever. Let me just play. I just want to play. I don't care. So everything was prepared for Genoa. My agent calls me. One week before I had to go to Genoa, he calls me and says, what you like, what you think about Milan? I said, great city. <laughs> and he's like, nah, the team, the club. I say, AC Milan. And he's like, yeah, what you think about it? I said, what do you mean? What are you asking me? Like, you crazy or what? Of course, like what? You want to go? I said, come on, man, you're joking. And he said, no, no, I'm here with the sportive director it was back in the Braida, the guy who got like Jorkaev and all the big players. Mm -hmm. And he passed the phone to him and he's like, hey, hello, how are you? You know, the, yeah, the accent yeah, yeah. is like, his brother, we would like to have you. And I was like, are you serious? And I said, yeah, yeah, but don't tell anyone. 
we will sort everything out with Genoa. Maybe they're going to get you. <laughs> then you come and loan, whatever. And he said, don't tell anyone. I said, yeah, of course, don't tell anyone. I put down the phone. I told everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like all my friends in the room, I went inside. I said, bro, I'm going to AC Milan. <laughs> nothing was signed. No medicals. Nothing. I said, I'm going to AC Milan, bro. We go check out the team. It's like, oh, my God. No Going to hang way. out with Ronaldinho. This, you know, back in that time, like Ibrahimovic, Robinho didn't sign yet. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I called my brother. I said, I'm going to AC Milan. Nothing was signed, nothing like. Wow. So then a week later again, they called me, come to Milan. So I went to Milan, I drove from- Wait, 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 wait. before Milan. you went, yeah. with that week, you've told everyone. Everyone, you, went party you, every partying. day. I was gonna say, did you not prepare every yourself? Day. Every day I went out even harder. Yeah. <laughs> because for me, I signed already for AC Milan. And you were spending said, money you didn't have yet. Exactly, it's like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. bonus coming, don't worry about that. So I said, I will get fit at the training camp. Yeah, you know? yeah. I will take that time to get fit. So we partied hard. I went out and my agent called me, you're working. I would say, yeah, of course. So I, I did fake videos running and no. I sent it to him. He's like, I'm working out. Yeah, so bad. So, so bad. And then they called me and I said, come, we do the we do the medical. So what's it like when you walk in that change room and you see all these big names, man? <laughs> so I came there. So they brought me to that training ground. What is like a little village? huge they have rooms kitchen and all the italians you know the first time i'm coming there it's the mm. first time i had coffee no oh. i never had coffee before because back in the day where i grew up coffee was for old people mm, same like mm. rich old people you know that's <laughs> coffee. so they gave me an espresso i tried it since then i'm addicted <laughs> so they showed me the training and then i come into the dressing room i was like what? i was like sedorf tiago silva nesta this guy this guy I was like wow and then i see the kid man taking off the name of beckham and putting prince and I had the locker of David Beckham. Pressure. I was like, I'm never gonna play. So I called my brother. I said, and I like. Uh, like I said, drum. No, my older brother, brother George. So I mm. called him. I said, I'm never gonna play here. He said, Don't worry, bro. You're from Berlin. You're gonna smash it. Don't mm. worry. You are you. They know who you are. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Pumping, pumping you up. up you know? Yeah. So I was like shocked. I was like, Impossible. I'm gonna play. The day after they signed Ibrahimovic and Rubinho, the same day. I was like, wow. And I was thinking already, Ronaldinho likes to play number 10, so he's going to play number 10. I'm not going to play. In front is going to be Pato and Ibrahimovic. Oh, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play. <laughs> Pato at the time as well. Pato was yeah. At that time. Did I, I think we played against your, that team in the, the Champions back, League. The Beckham team. Oh, the Beckham team the year before then. Yeah, the year before. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Man. So all that excitement yeah. of going to Milan, did you get back the feelings that you had when you was at Spurs and, you know, it didn't really quite work out. Was you getting those same feelings again, like anxiety or anything like that or? No, not really because, because you came into a club where it can only go good. Because once you're in that, in like in this environment of clubs, whatever happens, you're going to go to a good club again. Mm. You know, so I was like. Security. Exactly, it's like security. You got, I got a four year deal. So I was four years safe, so. Big I, money. Yeah, I was 23, big money. <laughs> great city so i said whatever happens like i made it you know so i was like more chilled which Even which, which which players when you went in there like in, we all know that they, there was great players in that yeah. change room but when you walked in there after a month or two months you go shit man i didn't realize he was that good oh, yeah sedorf sedorf was so glad i said sedorf different different like the quality the technique the strength he Is had he a talker in training as well yeah 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 He's, he, he invented football. No, <laughs> <laughs> That's how he talks. He invented football. You know? I love him even more. So uh, it was him, definitely. Thiago Silva. Yeah. What a defender. Wow. He was really good. Then at that, that time, Zambrotta was still there. Oh, the fullback. He was old, but still so good. But the best of the best was uh, 
Was Ibrahimovic? Was he? Yeah. What was so Ronaldinho, of course, when he wanted and he didn't have some drinks the night before. Yeah. He was he was like for me the best player ever. But uh, Ibrahimovic, the the how professional he is, you know, you you never think that you just see him say, "Oh, talent, whatever." He's so professional. Like what? Like in before everybody, extra work. Training or? is at ten. He's there at eight. Eight. Training is done at twelve. He stays there till three. Like non-stop every day every day it became like mm. a little challenge because i worked out at six in the morning because seeing this team my agent and me we were intelligent enough to say we have to do something they don't like to do anymore or they're not able to do anymore because they're old so i i woke up at six in the morning and went for a run so i did already 10 kilometers before everybody else mm. i did that every day till thursday because then i had a rest day because two days before the game so i had like to the four, 40 kilometers already more than my teammates before every practice. So I went six o'clock, went running, came back home, had my breakfast, took a shower, and I was already in and, the day, you know? And you were younger as well. 23, so yeah. You could do Perfect that box age. to box I could kind do of. anything. So that was my mentality. I used to brush my teeth in the squat position, you know, just preparing myself to some, whatever happens, I was ready. Then went to practice, did my stretching, did my gym work before, went to the physios and then practice. And then after practice, stretching, whatever. I like, I had a full day of just working out because they had too much quality, too much talent. They had, they all of them won the Champions League. So what could I bring to the team? So we were intelligent enough to really do things they didn't want to do. But Ibrahimovic was always there with me. Like he's doing the same or more. It's crazy because people talk about that talent and hard work and being professional. And some people say, oh, you're born professional and you, you can't, I think you can train to be a professional. I think you can see, you have to be intelligent. Like you're saying, you have to be intelligent enough to notice to who the professionals are. I've done the same thing at Man United. I always say it. I went in and I was like a sponge. Who's good at recovery? Thank Who's you. good at pre-training? Yes, Who's good at the standards in the training? Yeah. Who does, whose nutrition looks on, like really on point and just take, take, take. Really? And it takes an intelligence to do that. So you can yes, learn so. to be the top pro that you need That's to be. That's what I did. Exactly mm. that. There's like some interviews I said the same thing. Like I took from everybody something from Gattuso the, to being aggressive, from Pirlo being calm with the ball. Like, uh, like some teachers <laughs> of that club, <laughs> man. Story. Honestly. I, I come from England, you know, England in training. Come on, hey, hey, give me the ball, give me that. Give me so I come to practice. I was like, hey, pass me the ball. Pirlo, after one week, he takes me on the other side. He gets one player who speaks English to translate. He said, tell him to not shout. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what's your face like? Oh, I was like, what, what's he trying to tell you? Yeah. He's like, because he said, if you shout, even the opponent knows he's free. He said, if he's free, tell him I will see him. <laughs> I love this. I'm like what? this. And I was like, okay, okay. Ooh. He's a quarterback, you know, he plays yeah, football, yeah. ding, ding, ding. He sees everything. So I took that from him, then from Ibrahimovic being professional, from Sedov never being scared because he used to want every ball. He used to stress us because you have the ball, you're in front of the goal, give me the ball, give me the ball. It was like, oh, be yeah. quiet one time. But he wanted the ball all the time. So I just picked from everybody a little bit, you know? But th was that not annoying? Did you not like clash heads with him sometimes or with bump heads? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we always fought, always. Head so, to head in the, head so head in you're, the room. So you're fighting with a, how many Champions Leagues has he got? Like four. What Three do you have clubs. to say to him? What are you even arguing Bro, about? My strength always in my career was even when I was on the low or in the highest, I always believed in myself that I'm <laughs> the best player in the world. Mm. You know, I always mm. said that to myself. I'm the best player in the world. No one can do anything to me. I have five Champions League, whatever. I will respect you. But if, if we play, you're my opponent. 
You know, even if you're my teammate in training, I will kill you. So what are you arguing about? Then? Nothing, because sometimes he said, do this, do that. And it's like, bro, I have my way of playing. Like, respect my way. <laughs> no, but you have to do it. I said, ah, come on. And then you're like, shut up. And he said, who are you talking to? And he said, you don't know who I am. He said, I don't care who you are. You're my teammate. We're on the same level right now. You know, but of course, with always with respect. Yeah. He's so, so you've mentioned. So, funny story. Listen to that. Clarence Seedorf, because he's special. Well, everybody you, you know, you ask some people, they say Clarence Hill, they all say, <laughs> Everybody, there, there's no one who says, what a great guy. Or no one says, I hate him. You know, it's like always, because you have to know how to take him. So one time I wanted to talk to him about like some situation training. I think we argued. So his driver was always next to the dressing room, Mercedes, you know, like this. And he was in the car. So I went and knocked on the window on his side and the driver opens his window. And he said, yes. I said, what? So I had to go around the car and talk to the driver. I said, yeah. He's like, how can I help you? I said, I wow. want to talk to Clarence. One second. Puts up the window and turns around and asks him something. Then the window goes down and Clarence sits there with the pillow and the newspapers in his car. He said, yes. Wow. <laughs> I already wanted to pull him out the car. Like, What's wrong with you? Know? But he's that character. Cassano yeah, yeah. used to call him Obama. <laughs> Obama. Suited up every day. Training at okay. 10, suit. Every day. Oh, man, I love him. I absolutely like love him. I, I thought this about Italians because we at West Ham, we had the guy who was at Rangers, a striker. I remember the striker went to Rangers, scored like 50 odd goals or something like that. Is it Negri? <laughs> or something like that. A striker came to West Ham on loan. He used to come in fully yeah. suited and booted. Like yeah. you say in Italy, this is normal. Normal, yeah. I was like, whoa. Like, we used to come in like raggedy tracksuits and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. My yeah. all like, yeah. clean. Crazy, yeah. You um, might hold on, sorry, Steve. Before you wait, 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 wait. Yeah, I was gonna, on. I was gonna say <laughs> you can't talk about all these players, and you've spoken, you played with your goat. Yeah. How did he take you? The what's that favorite player? What's that interaction well, like? Two touches like in that dressing room. Bro, he was. Yeah, we played two touch all the time. He's the best in the world in two touch. Yeah, I've I, never, I reckon. I've I reckon he got problems there. Seriously, yeah. anyone <laughs> play two touch, he would always put it at a hip height. You can't move. Yeah. You know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> happy guy so I told him I said you're my idol I love you he said ah, don't worry we're together now we're same level don't he's the nicest guy ever so I was like this, this was one of the time where I was like shocked I looked at him it's like Ronaldinho he came in with his hair bang he had the band on you know big watch he came in and I was like Ronaldinho bro forget all of them in the dressing room it's Ronaldinho R10 mm. R10 you know what I did I played in Hertha he brought out his shoes R10 the black ones with the mm. little tongue I remember, yeah. no one was allowed to wear them no one, only him, because he had to present them on Saturday, on Sunday with Barcelona. I went to buy them at the shop. I played them on Saturday. <laughs> the head sh boss of Nike calling, are you crazy? <laughs> why I did just you, won him in the Bundesliga. Why? Because he was my hero. What but did I didn't know that he was scheduled to bring out the shoe on Sunday. Oh, okay. So I wore it on Saturday. They could have fined me 250,000 250, euros. Wow. So back in the day, I never thought that I would know Ronaldinho. So mm. they asked Ronaldinho, if they should sue me. And he said, nah, Bundesliga is so small, no one saw it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so, then I was in the dressing room with him like crazy. Go I just want to talk to me on a night out with Ronaldinho. Just, even if you're going to lie to me, just tell me it's everything yeah. that I think it's going to be. <laughs> it's more than you can think. That's about. what I want to hear. It's wow. more. So I used, to, I used to party with him sometimes. And, uh, and my wife was home and I told her always, I go play poker, you know, cards game. So we used to party. And then uh, one night at four in the morning, my phone vibrates and I see it's Ronnie. And I was like, oh. And my wife's like, what's wrong? 
take the call. I said, no, nah, for sure he's out partying. Maybe he's drunk. I don't know. He called, keep calling, keep calling. So one time I, res I respond, you know, when you respond and you, you dropped out. Hey, where are you? I said, in my bed. Yeah, come. I said, no, I can't. Tell poker. No problem. Poker. I said, oh, no. Did you go? Of course not. <laughs> this is when she found out that I was lying about poker. Oh, <laughs> because he was shouting on the phone saying, tell poker, poker. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but, he, but you said he, he, so basically he took you under his wing, basically. Yeah, him and Ibrahimovic, yeah. Yeah. Is, is, he, is he the best, Ronaldinho? Would you still consider, like, when you're looking at like, Zidane's, Messi, R9, Cristiano, etc. Would you still put Ronaldinho? Yeah. yeah. For me, the way I love to see football and the way it's played as a showman and the things he did, he done for me is the best player who ever touched the ball. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And you've obviously at this point, you've seemed to have gained some respect yeah. from the Milan fans. Yeah. When did you see it turn and how did that feel? Yeah, why? Why Why did they get, when they've got all these superstars, why yeah. did they then start showing you love? Because I did what no one else did. I went box to box. I gave my life every game. Every game I went in tackles, I went against three players, I argued with the ref, you know, like passion, fire, I brought mm -hmm. that in. I let the others do the technical stuff. I was just like the first four months, I was just running everywhere. Bang, bang, bang. And they was like, this guy is never tired. You know, I went back and forth. They called me the new Gattuso. So then I was like- Some the, title. Yeah. So then I was the, the, the fan favorite. I became the fan favorite. I sold mm. the most shirts in three years I played in Milan. Did you? I sold more than Ibrahimovic, Robinho, Ronaldinho. I sold more shirts. That is something to live off. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Serious? Yeah. They were like, there were barber shops where they had like short hair, long hair, and then the print bowtang cut. What was the that, cut you had uh, then? I the had the, the I, uh, uh. So it became famous. People tattooing my face on their arms. I had cab drivers having my face here. You know, I became like this superstar. And then I started playing football. Hmm. Then I showed them my, my skill, technique, and they said, okay, he's the best in the world. So they loved me. So how I couldn't go out. I went out in the street, thousand people. Came. Too many chicks. Paparazzi. I mean no, fans, no, I mean fans. fans. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, fans coming, gathering out the, the shops, paparazzis. I couldn't go out. Wow. So did that make you go back? Because obviously you've become a professional. You've trained. You've done all these things that you wasn't doing before. Yeah. Did you carry on with this training yeah, mentality I or did, did you... No, I did. Yeah. I did. I did because I had to, because of my knee. I had so many problems with my knee. I had seven operations on my left knee, you know? So oh. I had to always keep up with the work because otherwise I couldn't couldn't have performed the way I did. You mentioned loads of paparazzi and fans. Where's the craziest fan like the fans in the world? You've been you've played in so many different places. Turkey, surely. Where's the craziest oh, yeah. fans? That's a shout. Turkey. Turkey, oh, yeah. Turkey is like that's a, that's like life for them. But England, after Turkey, I would say England. Because they're so passionate and mm. like Saturday, Sunday, you can't talk to anyone. It's just football. <laughs> it's true, right? Mm. Like you can't, Is that, you can't, only, that can't only be England. I'm not having that. It, Milan's not England. like that. No, no. Really? They're talking about coffee, fashion week, everything. Yeah, they in talk Milan. about everything. But here, Food, just pasta. football. Football. This is football. Saturday, Sunday, don't speak about someone. Oh, your tax return is like, bro, my team is playing, you know? <laughs> England is like, but Turkey is like Monday to Sunday football. Mm. Like they are crazy. When I was in Besiktas, mm. When the stadium was full, you Bouncing. can't, you don't hear me. I shout from here, ah, you don't hear me, bro. The people, crazy. Wow. And they treat you like a king. Is it? Like when we played and we won, I went to a restaurant, never had to pay. Everything oh, for free. I should have gone Turkey. That's man. like when you're in Manchester, though. When you roll around in Manchester, mate, you, yeah, I get you, nice. You get nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, even corner shops, I was surprised. I was like, Wah! Yeah, there's one corner shop I go to when I stay in Manchester, bro. The man, 
I went there the other day actually, and there was a new guy behind the counter, and I walked in, and the, the main guy was out doing like fixing the shelves with yeah. some more products and stuff, and I got a couple of drinks and I got a couple of like biscuits and stuff for the evening. And the main what, guy was what's your go-to biscuit? Um, chocolate digestives. And the guy, the main guy was there. He said, "Yes, Rio, how you doing?" I said, "Yeah, man, you cool, bro. What's going on?" He said, "Yeah." So I went up to the to the counter paying. It was a new guy behind there paying. And all of a sudden, I heard blah, 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 that um, Indian guy. Yeah. And the guy went, "Oh no, no! Uh, I've put, I've, I've already put it through." <laughs> and he went, he went, "Did you make him pay?" I went. The guy went, "Yeah." I said, "Yeah, it's gone through, man. It's fine. Don't worry, bro." The guy was gonna beat the guy up. Yeah. <laughs> bro, what are you doing? You don't charge this guy. Do not charge him. You can't charge him. Everybody. Hey. Uh, but I get treated nice in Manchester. I was good. shocked, man. I, I saw it oh, firsthand, yeah. And I know, like, you might think, "Oh, corner shop." First of all, I was like, "What's Rio doing in the corner shop?" Right. <laughs> like and secondly, yeah, obviously. <laughs> and then secondly, I was just like, "It's all a new experience for me." I was just thinking, "It's like, I should have won the Premier League, mate." You know what I mean? Yeah, a few yeah. times. No, but um, going back now, so. You're this big star in Milan. You know, you're loving it there. You're playing with superstars. How do you end up leaving? Mm. <laughs> One step before I ask, I'm going to have to fucking roll. It's 20 past. I know. There's about nine more clubs to go through here. I know. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Dip? I want you to stay. Like I want to stay as well, but then I ain't getting home. Can't you get on the later train? Yeah. Because Steve, this is not every day, you know. I understand. And uh, you know, see what's on the train. We need your input, man. Getting on a train now is like four ton, though. Yeah, well, charge it to the game. I charge that to the game, man. Kevin Prince came from Italy, mate, and you're telling me you gotta go back to Manchester. Yeah. Manchester. Mm. He comes every Monday to record with us. Hast du Telefon draußen gelassen? Ja, weil. Hast du ausgemacht? Yeah, Steve, just stay, mate. It's not just that he's getting home and childcare okay. and stuff oh, as well. Okay, that's cool. the dramas. Okay. That's the one I'm on. It's fucking 200 quid. Come on, just charge it. We'll, we'll split it between us. Yeah, till what time? Let's just go. Yeah, come on. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so you were saying. How did you end up? <laughs> did you asked him how did he end up? Um, no, I said how did you end up leaving? Um, so the first two years was like a dream, you know. Everything worked out. We, we became champion. We won the super cup. Second year we were so close, winning the league again, playing with all the superstars. But the second year after the second season, everybody left. Hmm. Like Ibrahimovic went to Paris. Uh, didn't have money troubles. As well, they didn't have a lot of money. The all the players they stopped playing. They retired, so they had to make a brand new team. I was intelligent enough to take the number 10 in the worst time of Milan. <laughs> and Sedov gave me the number 10 saying, are you sure? Because he knew how heavy the number was. I didn't know. I thought like, yeah, I'm the biggest player now. I take the number 10. Is that straight off Ronaldinho as well? No, off Sedov. Straight off Sedov. How did he give it to you? Because the number good. 10 in Italy is like, it's like, we're looking back in the days like Baggio, Del Piero. Yeah, like number seven like, in Man United. Yeah, yeah. Like, you take that from big, big players like Rui Costa, Seedorf, you know, these, these calibers. When did R9 leave Milan? I don't know, way before. Was it way before? Yeah. I yeah, thought it was around about a similar So time. I took number 10 and then they built a new team that wasn't strong, you know, we weren't strong. We had like El Sharawi, Niang, Balotelli, me. Good side, but not the same. So all the pressure was on me because I had the number 10 and I came from that era of the two years, great Milan. And we didn't perform. So it was... 
every time my fault, what is normal, because when you're the face of a club, whatever, but uh, it became really tough, like 85,000 whistling, insulting me, and uh, we didn't perform good. We finished third or fourth, what was a disaster, I don't know why, because we had a totally new team. Thiago Silva left, Nesta was gone, you know, we, we didn't have a great team anymore, but then I said, I, I need to leave. I, I want to go away. So I had Schalke coming in with a big offer. So we played Champions League qualification in Eindhoven with uh, Depay and a like, really good team. It was 0 0. Uh, second leg, we play home. And uh, I knew it was going to be my last game. Like, and I went full on, bro. I scored twice. I shot them to the Champions League. So I'm going in the restroom after the game. Everybody's celebrating that people love me again, you know? Okay. So I'm going in the restroom. I call the president, Galliani. And like, Presidents in Italy, they're different, you know, you, you're you scared of them <laughs> because they're presidents. Control. You know, it's not like maybe in Germany, you can talk to them or in England, they're not really there. In England, they don't make interviews, you know, these, they're present, they're always there. So I went to him and I said, I'm leaving. And he's like, you're not going anywhere. I said, no, I am leaving. I said, yeah, you're going to cost 50 million. I said, and then I'm going to find the 50 million, but I'm leaving tomorrow. But uh, was that a good decision? You think? No. In hindsight, no. Like I made two bad decisions in my career: going to Spurs so early and leaving AC Milan mm. was a bad decision. So, but if you're saying that you could see and you could smell that it was going down, why stay? What would you Be have gained from staying? Yeah, because sometimes you have to. That's why you see so many clubs, you know. Mm -hmm. Because back in the day, I was quick changing things. Yeah, no, it's not good yeah. enough anymore. I'm gone. It's gonna go bad a little bit. I'm gone. You know, so sometimes you have to go through that. This is a massive thing with young players now. Yeah. Like kids before they've even made it. Their, their parents and the player are seeing a problem that is just a little bit down the road yeah. and saying before that problem comes or before I have to hit that problem with my head, I'm getting away. I'm going to go a new direction. And then that problem will come again somewhere else yeah. and they're, oh, I've got to go back here again. And they do that for so long before all of a sudden the career is gone. Like it's different. He's, he's, yeah. He had massive ability, mm -hmm. mental strength, etc. And he was a pro already. But kids and families are doing this before a ball's been kicked in, wow. the, in a professional game. And then kids that get in a pro league are then doing this. And like yeah. sometimes you have to suffer. Mm -hmm. Life is about suffering sometimes. Mm -hmm. You have mm -hmm. to suffer. Then how do you react? Mm -hmm. Until you know how to suffer and react, mm -hmm. you're not the guy yet. No. I mean, you've got to know what you're going to be like in times of distress when it's not normal. It's not good. And like, there's no, there's not many more who've been in those positions, but it's an important point yeah. you make there. Very. I'm seeing even in your demeanor when we're mentioning this, it's a bit like, ah, 
you know, you've gone to Germany. Yeah. Are you, despite having the issues that you've had with the country, what, how, for me, that doesn't make sense. Why do you do that when you know that the relationship isn't great and the media's always yeah, attacking you? Yeah, imagine the media probably you know, what, what are you when thinking? And also, Bro, you know with me, wait, yeah. sorry, also your team around you. Sorry, my friend, I'm gonna have to pull you on this. The reason why is because we look at Jaden Sancho's situation yeah. and we speak about, oh yeah, maybe it's the people around Maguire. you said that. Maguire, Maguire well. you said that under Vibe Five is what you said. Yeah. So what are the people around you saying? What are you listening to them? No. Like now, yeah. Now when they talk to me, I listen. But back in the day, I didn't listen to them. Why would I listen to them? Like I do what I want to do. <laughs> I did that from day one. And it, I thought it's always the right thing to do. Listen to yourself. Of course, it's wrong. You always have to have some mentor or somebody to listen to. But I didn't listen to anyone. Hmm. I was just, yeah, I'm going to go back to Germany. But my thing was going back to Germany. I wanted to prove everybody wrong. That's always my problem. Like I have a bad situation and I leave, but I will come back because I have to make things right. Mm. So I came back to Germany, I made it even worse. Why? Schalke was the worst time in my career. Wow. Like I thought about retiring, my my knee got really bad there and I th really thought about retiring. I wanted to stop with like, I was 26. He was manager there then? Uh, we had the German guy, Jens Keller, is not really famous. And then Di Matteo came, the one who won the Champions mm. League with uh, Chelsea. So we we didn't talk off. We had like what we, was he? What was he like? Because and the reason why I ask is because I can't say no, 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 no. I'm he's gonna, gonna sue me, bro. No, okay, cool. <laughs> he well, tried to sue me already. Uh, okay, no wow. Way. Yeah, because I wrote about him in my book, you know. Oh, so okay. He tried to sue me already, so I can't talk. Uh, okay, about we're not him. gonna. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. that just says Wait, it. Wait, he one. didn't sue you. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> no, did, did you go crazy on him? Yeah, yeah, we had like big issues. Because he came in and he said, oh, you and me, we're gonna turn this thing around, whatever. Then I didn't perform how I could perform. I had problems with my knee. So, and you put that, ah, yeah, you can't play anymore on this level and all that, you know? And I said like, bro, what you mean? You're here since two, three weeks. Give it some time and don't, and don't come in and say, you and me. Just treat me as a normal player, but don't treat me like I'm your son. Mm -hmm. And then after you drop me in one second, so we had big problems. And then they kicked me out. Wow. Yeah, they kicked me out. Wow. I got kicked out from the national team and from Schalke in the same season. So why, why'd you get kicked out yeah, well, of Ghana? Because I spoke with the president about payments and organization, so I criticized them. Publicly? No, no, in front of them. Okay. Like we had a meeting and I criticized them and I said they can't treat us like, like that because we know how much money they make and they should invest in the organization and give the player the money they deserve. So they didn't like that. <laughs> they kicked me out. They Sometimes put it, when you speak the truth, huh? Yeah, you know, it's like, and they put a letter under my door. Oh. I took the letter and, no, do you know what? It was six in the morning at the World Cup 2014 in Brazil. They kicked me out no. at the World Cup. And the day we played Portugal, in the morning, six in the morning, they put a letter under my door. I take that letter, I just put it away. I went back to sleep. My phone starts ringing from Germany, a friend of mine, a journalist. And it's like, yeah, what's up? Hey, what's wrong? I said, nothing. You got kicked out, no? Wow. I said, what? That is and the letter's and I, still over there. No, bro, and I tell I'm him, I'm, I'm telling him, he's like, nah, I'm not, I'm not kicked out, what you mean? He said, yes, everyone in the news here, they called us. So I said, give me one second. I put down the phone, I take the letter, and then it says, you're out. I said, yeah, I'm kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> I called the bank, I said, yeah, yeah, they kicked me wow. out. Yeah, they kicked me out. Then they said, leave the hotel in 15 minutes and give like your card back and everything. And I was like, wow. What, what game was this in the World Cup? Was the third game in the group stage. So if we win, we go through, we lose, we go out. When was the meeting before this, the night before? The day before, the night wow. before. So me and Muntari, 
arguing with the president. So I come out of my room, I go knock on the door, I say, Sule, he said, yeah, me too. No. <laughs> <laughs> they kicked us both out at the game day. Wow. What? Yeah. So Crazy. did any of the other players speak up or? No one, no one. This is, this is the shit I don't like. You know, when you go, you're going out and rolling your sleeves up with your teammates, yeah? And, you're, yeah. and like you're doing something together and one of your guys is getting like suppressed or treated mm -hmm. a bad but I way. I was even fighting for the team, you know? Something. I didn't fight for Not myself. for yourself. No one. Wow. So, I don't. Okay, Gary, so you just say, yeah. just... did, you, did you speak to anyone? Did you, did you, any of your yeah, teammates? Yeah, I saw like... them uh, going out with my luggage, like worst moment, bro. You just walk away from the worker with your luggage and Mutari oh. in the back, oh, I'll kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so we're walking out and the guy's like, oh, bro, I'm so sorry. And they're like, should we talk to them? I said, bro, if you want to talk to them, you talk, you spoke to them already. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I said, the real team would say, we're all not playing. Yeah. They're staying. Even if you don't play us, just keep us on the bench. Yeah. Don't make a big fuss around it, you know? Yeah, they kicked us out, so we left and went to our families. On match day as well. Match if, day. If the team would have said, yeah, yeah, yeah treat them like that. Exactly. Uh, yeah, they could, yeah. How were you with the Ghana and F, uh, uh, FA now? We're okay. Yeah. They wanted me to apologize. I don't know for what, and I want them to apologize, so both sides don't apologize. But but the country is beautiful, bro. They love football, so mm. I can't speak bad about them. You know, it's like some people who weren't on the on the right level. It's like a Sancho thing. I was going to say, you to apologize, you to apologize. Yeah, yeah, I was too proud. You know, I was like, I'm not going to apologize. I didn't do anything. Or if you're not in the wrong, yeah, I wasn't in the wrong. Like I really, this was going to be the first time in my career where I wasn't mm. in the wrong. You know, mm. but uh, it is what it is. Do you think, looking back now retrospectively, because maybe Sancho thinks he wasn't in the wrong, mm. right? Do you look now and think, well, maybe you should have for the greater good mm. of you Definitely. doing? Do you think that? Definitely. Just sit down, say sorry, say, I don't know what did wrong. And then just say, how can we do it better? Or we just separate ways, but in a good way, you know, in a respectful way. Like all this media stuff from the back, no one talks. It's just bad. It's just bad. You take that with you, you know, in the future. You take all that. I mean, like Sancho, if I would, it would be him, I would just sit down with the coach, with the owner, just sit down and say, guys, what can I do better? Is there any possibility that I have the chance to play in this club again or not? But I don't want to fight anymore. I don't want to talk to the press before I talk to you. Let's talk, you, mm -hmm. me, and you know, just just talk. Just And then the coach can tell him, you're not doing enough, I need this more. And then you can tell him as well, yeah, but I think I do, like you can talk like that on a respectful level, and then you just sort it out. Mm -hmm. And then you part ways, January is just around the corner. You just go to a new club, have a new chance, but mm -hmm. in a good way, the fans are gonna remember you were decent, you know? Mm. Talking about um, being decent or not decent, you've had some moments in your career around racism. Yeah, you said about not racism, but discrimination. Maybe a little bit when you went to Ghana, but when you where, where was you finding racism and how has it impacted your your career and life? And it was a huge incident in Italy as well. Yeah, the yeah. Italian one, the one I'm kind of like. To. I was confronted with racism at age seven in Berlin. So even in Germany, there was a lot of racism. We used to have tournaments, and like parents from the other teams were shouting like, "Yeah, for every goal you score, you get a banana." Wow. Yeah, you know, like I'll put you in a box and I send you back. So I was like abused with racism already young, but I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know who to speak with. That's why I did a campaign with Nike and I said, um, now I'm going to talk. I'm not going to be quiet. I'm, I'm, I'm quiet. No, I'm not blind, but I'm not quiet. Something like that. Mm. But um, yeah, it was, it was part of my life growing up. It was always there. You could feel it. People would treat you in a different way. But the biggest incident was, of course, in Milan because I, I come from nothing, working so hard, sacrificing things, my family, whatever, to be an AC Milan player. You know, like when you come to become an AC Milan player, you think there's no more colors. 
There's no background, nothing. You're AC Milan star. So, you know, I, was, I thought I made it. Racism is just not there anymore. And then it happened. I was so like devastated. Was, like, was it, uh, it was a lower league club you were playing? Yeah, it was a friendly game. We went there to a make some game. charity for the people, you know, let the kids from this area see the stars from AC Milan. Every ball I touched, they were like, ooh, 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 and then shouting the N-word and ever. So after 15 minutes, I told the referee, I said, bro, stop the game. I'm not going to play like this. I'm coming mm. in for the kids to have a good time. That's crazy. And he's like, don't just act like you don't hear it. <laughs> and then I said, no, no I'm not going to act like this anymore. I'm on the biggest stage now in my career. I worked so hard to not act like this anymore, to not hear it, ignore it. So I just cooked, kicked the ball in the stands and I said, I'm not going to play anymore. But the good part is we're going to the dressing room and like the, the organizing people came in and oh, no, we have to continue, please. There are people who paid them. And I said to them, that's an example for them. They could learn that we're not going to play like this. And then I'm Brazilian. That's why I tell you he's a great captain. He stood up and said, if Prince doesn't play, all of us will not play anymore. Mm. Oh, wow. So then we stayed in, but I didn't even think because I was just angry. You know, I was hurt. You don't understand the impact. I didn't even think what is what's going to happen. My phone exploded. I even saw you. You made mm. a statement. I will mm. remember. I was like Rio Ferdinand, uh, Ronaldo, and everybody was talking about. I didn't even know what's going on. I was just, I was just like doing my thing. I said I'm not going to play in these conditions. So Did it lead to any change in Italy? Hmm? Did it lead to any change in Italy? No. Because we see it now, you know, mm. Lukaku, you know, suffers. Why is that? If you if you've had the if you've had the chance, what do you say, sorry, Vinicius, Vinicius, all these different players. Why are they not walking out as a team and saying we're not going to play anymore? Bro, it's difficult. You know why? Because there's so much attached to being a footballer. Like me, I didn't care to lose a sponsorship to be seen in a bad way. I didn't care because I did what I felt and was right. So players now, some of them, they're scared to speak up mm. because to lose maybe a sponsorship, to lose the possibility to this, to do that. So they're scared about it. Like walking off a pitch in Italy, you can have the whole nation against you. You know what I mean? It's, you never know how they're going to react. So that's that's the point where I think they're, they're, they're scared of walking off the pitch. But anyway, a player should never have to be in a position to walk off the pitch. We the have authorities, so, the authorities exactly, take we that. have so much possibility. It should be on the ref, though. Mm. The ref or the, the club as well should see that. Look, you know, more around it as or well. Or UEFA like, or FIFA, yeah, who are in, they FIFA. have officials in the in yeah, the stadium. Exactly, we have we have cameras for everything. Offside, the, the chip in the ball, whatever. I told them put cameras in the whole stadium, put microphones everywhere. Then you know exactly who said what. How how, how does the game clean it up? How does it improve it? How does nothing, football kind of nothing improved with racism in football? It's still how, happening. What, what 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 can be done? What because oh, you reached out to me about you have yeah. a project that you're yeah. involved in through UEFA or FIFA. FIFA, yeah. Um, what 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 steps need to be taken? Do you think first of all you have to make it more aware, so it's not uh, right just one little clip saying no to racism or a little mm. bandana or uh, like mm. do more about it. But how we pro promote the new FIFA game, you can pr promote the, mm. the no racism campaign. First of all, second of all, with all the technology we have in every stadium, if you put cameras around the stadium and microphones, you can really point out. And you have the entrance, you have the card, the address, the name. Mm. Even for security, because we, we're fighting with terrorists, whatever. Yeah, they wanted to get in the stadium in France. You know what I mean? So you have data of everybody knowing who sits where, who started it, out from banned from the stadium forever. That's how you start. Little kids, you know, they will see that. Oh no, we, we shouldn't do that. So there's a lot of things you can do. You just have to invest money and like thought into it. Mm -hmm. And they probably but don't. I think want to. Right, you know, if you invest in action, 
Because I don't, who's sitting at home now and and hears an anti-racism message and goes, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. Like, I'm yeah, not having that. True. I think if you so actually true. put the money, rather than like spending money on adverts for the message, just be banning people. Yeah. Just, you know, you're messing about. Like you said, you can get cameras and stuff. We know the cameras and that are in the stadiums anyway. More action and, and less. I think, I think adverts play a part. Yeah, very big. But because you need awareness. But I do think the the sanctions. Who doesn't know it's wrong, real? No, no. But there are people that aren't educated, bro. I've I've been around enough people in crazy places that you you think the way they talk about racism is like they have not ever ever spoken about culture in their life. Yeah. And you, it's, it's amazing. And you, we look sit there and go, wow. How are these guys talking like this? It's crazy. But there are people out there that are like this. But So you need education. You do need advertising. But you need the sanctions to, to mirror the severity of what they're talking about. You can't have a guy shouting out some racist comments and he gets he gets fined the same as somebody for wearing a pair of boxer shorts that aren't the right sponsor. Yeah. You know? It doesn't make sense. It just tells you it's not serious. They're not serious about it. So the sanctions need to be banned for life. No. Amount of money a club should be paying or an association should be paying mm. as something as 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 to, to fix this. Otherwise we're gonna be here for the next 25, 30, 50 years talking the same shit. Yeah. Well, I think um, we, you know, it's, we're very interested to see in these campaigns that you're doing. If you're yeah. still doing stuff, please be sure to send them over. Definitely. And yeah, we're, we're very interested in stuff. I want to move it on. Sorry. See, I, yeah. I, I want two clubs I want to talk to you about. Go on. Wait, first of all, before we talk about those clubs, Monza. you start hopping, <laughs> Monza. you start hopping for free and, yeah. you know, like really quickly on those kind of clubs. Like, why, what's going on? Like, what kind of deals are you getting there? Like, are they like long term? Are they short term? What's going on? Because you're hopping around clubs quickly at this point. I don't know. Bro. It was just like opportunity. You went, you go there. You weren't happy for this situation. You had a clash. Like in Fiorentina, I was so happy to go. I had a clash with the coach. And then I went to Besiktas. Besiktas couldn't pay me anymore. So it's like always mm -hmm. like situations. Because in Besiktas, I wanted to stay. Mm -hmm. Like I really wanted to stay in Turkey. Mm -hmm. But they couldn't pay me anymore because of COVID. So then I went back to Fiorentina. Then Fiorentina couldn't, uh, didn't want me anymore because the coach just kicked long balls. And I told him, I love you with all respect, but it's not my football. I get neck pain, you know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to Sassuolo. It went unbelievable for six months. Barcelona is calling. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, you're not, yeah, yeah, but you said I'm humping around. You're not skipping yeah. this, this is the two clubs I want to talk to you about, yeah. right? The Zerbi, Sassuolo. Yeah. That's where he was the coach. Yeah. Talk to us about this guy, please, because where Pep Guardiola is quoted as saying this guy's the best coach about. Yeah, this is that hipster season where they came on. And everyone went, wait a minute. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Did you even know who he was? The Zerbi. Yeah. No. No. My agent told me about him because I was where I was before Sassuolo. I was in Frankfurt. Frankfurt. I was in Frankfurt. Played a great season in Frankfurt. We won the cup. And, uh, but I wanted to get out of Frankfurt because that was the moment where I showed in Germany, I paid back, you know, I won the mm. cup in Berlin in my city. So I said, no, I've got to leave now because it can only get worse now. You know, so <laughs> I was like on my high in Germany. What was the reputation of Deserbe in Italy? Was there any reputation? Just that he's crazy. He was, he was the coach of a smaller team in Italy. I don't remember the name. They were doing really good, but they got relegated, but they played like unbelievable football, mm. but they didn't have the possibility to buy players. So. And then he got the job at Sassuolo because my agent made it. So my agent called me and I said, the Zerbi wants you. And I was like, where? And he said, Sassuolo. I said, well, what am I going to do in Sassuolo? Like, and he's like, trust me, you want to work with this guy. First phone call, he convinced me. What did he say? He just said, come, I will make you the best player you've ever been. Mm -hmm. 
He That's said, enough. Will, yeah, he said, I will put players around you who are going to play only for you. They're going to serve you. You're going to play false nine and you're going to play the best football you've ever played in your life. And I Did said, you already leave in the house before putting back in the back? Oh, I was in the train already. <laughs> I was in the train already. <laughs> so that was the first conversation and it took off. I said, I'm oh, yeah. coming. And what's the weather like in Sassuolo? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what's he I've like? I've been in Sassuolo. I don't know where it is, but this, this conversation with him. You didn't care where it was. I all. said, I'm coming. But what, what makes him great? Because we see the tactical side of things when you look out onto the pitch, but no one really knows on a training ground what this guy's like. Yeah. He's he's always 150%. He has always fire. Like there's never a day where he doesn't want to work. Intense. Intense. He has fever. He comes. He's there and he's the, the guy who talks the most, explains the most. And he wants from you 100% every day. Every session, 100%. Don't joke around. Don't laugh. There's no time for that. He said, we can laugh before, we can laugh afterwards. Training is no laughing. Concentrate on the control of the ball, of the passing, of the pace, of the positioning. If your position is, I'm telling you, 15 centimeters off, stop. And then you go here, it's like, what are you <laughs> So he's screaming. Oof. Bro, this guy, he takes off his pants. <laughs> wow. He takes off his pants, he rips off his shirt, he tackles you. <laughs> the manager's tackling you. Tackling you. If he sees you're a little bit tired in the morning, he's like, are you awake? You say, yeah, he passes you the ball and he runs behind it and tackles you. So you have to dribble him. It's like, okay, he's awake. <laughs> like this wow. one. Are you doing that, Steve? No. No, it's just like this. So if you're 15 centimeters off, what does he say? Stop, stop, stop. Why are you, you don't know the position? And he said, go there. You do like this. And he's like, what is he on about? Yeah, that's the right position. It's a perfect position because the ball from here comes right there on your right foot. From here, it comes on your left foot. If you stand there, it doesn't come on your left foot because the defender can put out his, his foot to block the pass. Crazy. And you're like, come on, okay. Is it and just drill, 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 Possession, drill. pace, drill, everything. Classroom? What? Classroom, he shows you everything. Overlap too long, too, uh, too late. Too early. Timing. timing. I think timing seems a big Ooh. thing for it. Is, it. is that true? Timing. Timing seems for me is one of the one of the biggest components. When to drop with yeah. the number six. six. When the eight comes inside, the timing is everything. The wide man to come in sometimes. Exactly. Was he doing the um, the same style of play now he's doing now at Brighton where you're yeah. trying to entice the opposition yeah. press? Yeah. Come. You, he he would, wants you to come. He right? would, if we had teams that didn't press, we were struggling because you have to play wide and then wait mm -hmm. and come and like find the hold. When they came press, he was like, ooh, he was happy. He was like, yeah. come press, please. What, what is his move for a team that just sits? Yeah, you play wide. So he would he would adapt, he would change the formation right away, play five in the back with two wide players who just stays on the line to open them up. Then he would play two strikers, one who drops, the other one who just... Uh, he done that against United. That's yeah. what he done against United. So he, he plays two strikers, one who's going to drop, the other one who's going to uh, keep the defenders in the back. So he doesn't want the other uh, striker to get the ball. He doesn't want, he just drops the defender, so there's a little gap in the middle. Hole. He done it with, uh, with uh, actually, Welbeck was dropping as a 10 and Lallana. Welbeck was everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, so he just adapts for every situation and he's just a cycle, like a positive cycle. He will sit with you at dinner and he will not talk to you. He will just think about the game on Saturday. The best coach you had? Best coach ever. Man, he's he's coach, Klopp, best he had Klopp. person ever. Did you, know, person. did you know by then that you thought this guy's destined for greatness? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I told, I told him. I told, no, I, he, will, he will go manage the biggest clubs in the world and he's going to win the Champions League. You keep saying sitting next Wait, wait, wait. I don't think you guys just heard what he said. Say it again, please. He's going to train the biggest, manage the biggest teams in the world. He's going to win the Champions League, everything. I wouldn't be surprised. It's not I'm not surprised either, but I think it's important. If he would to... be coaching out of Arsenal or Man United, pff, bro, 
different, different. They will be flying. I think City going to try and get him. You reckon? DNA. He will give them a winning DNA, getting better every day. Especially yeah. if Pep likes I, I, him. I will take him. I, I, I love him because what, the best people bring something new we ain't seen. Mm. Like we talked about transcending, transcending the game. Like Pep, the way he's done it. Klopp brought something which was an energy that, and an aggressiveness that we hadn't seen for a while. We can go through all the managers have done it. This guy's another. Some he's got. I think he's got the potential to do that type of stuff because he's so. He's so thought-provoking. Like he's saying, he's making players think. He's 32, experienced so much. He's still making him think and see new pictures. He's, he's doing that with, he's making players that seemed okay, decent, average, yeah. look like world beaters at times. Look at the 11 that they just mopped United up with. Yeah, but then the 11, the game before that was very different to that 11. He's just, yeah. he's rotating, rotating players, rotating goalkeepers. Even the goalkeepers. Yeah, he's rotating the goalkeepers you know before. He's, how, he's, how, he's, yeah. how he's doing like transfers? Data. He looks at the player exactly what he needs. Hmm. Like you can offer him now Saka, and if it doesn't fit to what, how he wants to play, he He's doesn't take him. Yeah. No, thank you. Is it? That's what I mean. That's the difference as well. He's, he's saying these are what I need. That put that 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 that, and I don't care what the name is. Where is he from? Exactly. Oh, he's from Ecuador, it's Division Two. Oh, I'll take him. Yeah. Matoma was studying. <laughs> like, Jer Jeremy Boga. You know Jeremy yeah, yeah, Boga, used to be at Chelsea. Yeah. yeah, he brought him in from. No one knew him, nothing. He needed that player just to dribble, to get the, the left, uh, right back, so the other one can overlap. He just, I need this guy. He put him on the line. Stay there. Don't move. Rio Gatto's in now. Uh, just yeah. talk to him, man. <laughs> we're going to Brighton soon to speak to him anyway. We're, 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 we're going for about a year. Uh, yeah, no, no. We'll be well, in Real Madrid before we get there. But, <laughs> but I was gonna say, so he needed you to what be there, play the false nine easily. Tap it in. Steve's got a sense. Yeah, he just, he told me. Because we had two wingers <laughs> with Berardi. Uh -huh. Berardi and Boga. They're both attacking the, the, the space. So he wanted me to drop as a number 10 and just flick the balls there. That's so, you do, that's so you do well. I right. did really good, yeah. He's improved you. Yeah. I had like 14 games. I had like seven goals or something. Some so, assists. So... so Bro, yeah, Barcelona. Why did you decide to go then? Barcelona. Bro, if Barcelona calls you, what can you do? I understand that. Like, thinking about football-wise was a bad decision for me going to Barcelona because I knew I'd go as a number two striker when Suarez was tired, whatever. As, as you see, I played four games only. Football-wise was that bad. Messi, Suarez, Neymar? Uh, no, it was Dembele, Dembele, Suarez, uh, Messi. After Neymar. So... Football-wise, was bad because I didn't play. And the coach, even deserve he told me. He said, I can never tell you to not go, but you're not going to have fun like you have here and you're not going to play as you are playing here. But I can understand if Barcelona calls you, you go. I would never put like stones in your way. Was it a nice conversation? Or? Yeah, this one was nice. Not the one when I went to Fiorentina. <laughs> this one was nice, but Barcelona called me on Thursday. We had the 8.45 game on Saturday at San Siro against Inter. So he said, whatever happens, you're leaving on Sunday. I need you on, on Saturday and you will be the best Prince Boating I've ever seen in my life. Bro, I played my best game in my career. Mm -hmm. oh, wow. That's because I knew even Barcelona is watching and mm -hmm. Deserbi wanted me to perform. Mm -hmm. We played 0-0, but I played unbelievable. After that game, I thought I should go to Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> so on Sunday morning, he calls me and he said, you're good to go. Wow. And so so I, again, I asked you about the same thing. Walking into a huge change room. Yeah. You're walking into Barcelona with Messi, with Busquets yeah. and the guys there. What 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 is that like? 
this time was different. I was 32 years old. I've seen everything, you know, I played in big stages. So I went in with the confidence knowing, it's good knowing as well that you come there not as a player who has to change the game now, you know. I went in there to help them, whatever they needed. Like the coach, even the president, they told me, you're going to come, you're going to pay your salary, you're going to be a big part of the team. But only if Suarez is tired, he had some knee problems, so they didn't know if he could play every game. So whenever he's not ready, you're going to be there. Didn't work out how we all wanted because that time I think he didn't want to come off ever. Mm. <laughs> like he never came off, Suarez. I'm trying to understand. He doesn't want to come off. Why, no, how he, is that his decision? He wasn't though? playing good. Yeah, because it's Barcelona and you're Luis Suarez. You're one of the best strikers in the world in the last 20 years. You have to be honest, what a striker. But he didn't play good. He was limping, whatever, but he didn't come off. I still don't So understand. the coach was like, come. He's like, nah, nah, nah. Who's the coach at the time? Uh, Valverde. Yeah, yeah, but, fuck, mate. Pass is different, fuck. you know? So, so Coach so is different. I mate, United look really, well run them. I come there, no no pressure. Like people are like, oh yeah, Prince Boateng, whatever. But I start training, I train really good. You know, because you can only train good with these players. Like I trained really good. So they said, okay, he can play. So this guy never came off. <laughs> he never came off. Oh, he didn't want to give me so the chance. Yeah. Okay. And we didn't have a good relationship. Like the first mm. month, he didn't even say hello to me. Wow. Because he saw you as opposition. It sounds weird, but sometimes well, I glad, think that's what's I'm missing. I'm glad he was a dick. Because well. that just reinforces that I think he's a dick. Not, yeah. not, <laughs> not, not a dick, but still someone... No, don't change it. No, okay, you say it. Competitive. Okay. Competitive yeah. and like, not scared, but like saying, okay, maybe... I'm getting older, this guy, maybe if he scores one, two goals, you never know, you know? I, I, was, I understand it though. Yeah, of course, I would mm. do the same. Were you like that? No, no, I understand it that I wouldn't be like that, but I understand what he's doing. I ain't giving this guy a chance. Exactly. Coming in, I know he's good, I know he's got ability. If I give him one sniff and all of a sudden I'm getting old as well, I might be out of the team. Mm. Um, so I ain't coming off. I was We had Smalling and Jones got bought for, for big money when I was getting to the latter stages of my career at United. But I was like, come on, let me help you. But maybe, I don't know, I didn't have insecurities, maybe. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. maybe that was a, a thing. But I, my nature was to, I'll help you then. I'll try and make you better, etc. But I understand when people are like yeah. that. A lot of old pros are like that with young players. Fuck them, keep them down there. I ain't, I ain't giving them any confidence at all. No. Leave one on them. Yeah. What's oh. the... Um, What's the best training pitch? And I don't mean, obviously, in terms of the grass I'm talking about. Like, the best training. Because there's been some teams and some players and mm. national teams as well there's some levels in there especially the young yeah what's the best standard Germany, that you trained with like what was the best levels you saw in training the barcelona rondo must have been off more barcelona rondo was different <laughs> like if you're inside you're not coming out you're not coming out and they used to do 20 touches and then you have to catch the ball and three times 20 means you get slapped by the whole team <laughs> through the tunnel whoa the amount of time i went like three times 20 in the first week I just got slapped the whole time. <laughs> it's all one Bro, touch you, as well. One touch. One but touch you cannot make though. a mistake because if you go in the middle, you're not coming out. You're not coming out. How good is Messi in the run? Oh, he was in one time. Okay, he should have gone inside like five times in six months. <laughs> but because everybody has respect, they said, no, no, you stay out. This is my really? bad. Perfect ball, but he makes a mistake. No, it's my bad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, he, and he would like, no, I'm going in. Say, stay outside. Hey, we need you on oh. Saturday. So what's the... He never made a mistake. What's the respect levels like for Messi? Different. Barca. No, like, like you have all the superstars. That's his respect, club. Respect, respect, and he's on top. I know, but I want to hear it. You yeah. know what I mean? He's like, just on top, top, top. 
Da. No one like Rakitic, Vidal, Dembele, who name it, Ter Stegen, whatever, big players, big name. Suarez, he's lovely. on top. What's so, PK like in there? He PK, must have been, he's the new guy. president. Oh, he's yeah, going to be he's a great guy. Hey, he's a businessman. He yeah. even plays like a businessman. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like you see the last years, he see the ball goes too far. He's just like, how you go? <laughs> he's like looking at, oh, I'm not going to get injured. Be careful. Uh, we can't have to go there. <laughs> <laughs> but so hang on a minute. I'm going back. So. You're dealing with the greats here, you know what I mean? If let's just say Messi makes a mistake, are you telling Messi that's a mistake, bro? First of all, or... he doesn't make a mistake. Oh, Get in the middle, you little fucker. To be honest. <laughs> no, no, to be honest, he doesn't make mistakes. Like he really does. We used to shoot after practice, shooting from the outside box, you know? We used to shoot from there, like uh, there was teams of two. He was with Suarez, I was with Rakitic. No, I was with Vidal. So we used to shoot, bro, 100 shots. 98 goal, but I'm telling you, it's not normal. Top bins, bang, against Ter Stegen. And I told him in Germany, come on, man, what's wrong? He said, I can't. <laughs> it's the perfect pace, right in the corner, next to the post, every time. When he missed, we thought he's sick, like he has fever. Yeah. He said, everything okay? He never, he never missed. Wow. It's unbelievable. It's not normal. Like the drop off from his standard to like Suarez, for instance, was like huge. 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 Wow. They would miss. They would just shoot. He would never miss. And the 90, like the two shield shots, three shots he's going to miss, the goalkeeper made an unbelievable save. It's not that he's going to miss the target. Where's, where's Ibra on that sort of scale? Uh, Ibra is a finisher. But it's still messy. It's just different. Levels it's his above. left foot. It's just... What's he doing like off the pitch? Like, like is he? Is he like You talk about... We have, Everyone compares Ronaldo to, to Messi. Like, yeah. and, and we all hear about Ronaldo's work rate and work ethic and preparation, etc. and recovery. Is Messi is meticulous? Is he crazy about that stuff as well? Never seen him in the gym. Comes in, gets a massage, maybe, and plays basketball. <laughs> it's, that's it. That should be illegal. It shouldn't be allowed. He's, cl <laughs> he's then he the comes. Jota, bro, bet, this I guy. Is shit on the piss. Manchester. We played. Was it Man United? Yeah, Champions League. Man United at home. Is this when Ashley Young does the cry turn. Was it that? I don't know. One Champions League game at home. It was. No, was it Liverpool? Liverpool, the first leg when we win 3 0, mm. when you scored this free kick. Yeah. Unbelievable. So we come in the dressing room, he's just sitting there with his phone, whatever, gets a massage, sitting down, physio's down. <laughs> he is like, two minutes before we go out, he just stands up, closes boots, we go out, warm up, just long balls, control, dribbling a little bit, crossbar challenge at the warm up Champions League against Liverpool, mm. crossbar challenge. He goes back inside. Coach makes like the last uh, adjustment talking, he's on the phone. <laughs> Whilst his coach was talking? Yeah, the coach was talking there. He said, ah, you have to go left, you have to go right, FaceTiming. He's like, yeah, I see, claro. The 30 seconds before we go out, he just comes, puts his jacket on, goes out, boom, go, 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 like this. That's nuts, man. <laughs> but this is the thing, it's bad for young kids to hear this. Yeah, because yeah. This, yeah. Is the, this is the only guy ever to do this, and probably Maradona. Yeah, but that's no it. one should ever compare him to, because, no, no. because that's, well, that's what like, the young yeah. players did in Barcelona, you know? They looked at him and they didn't train. So they got mm. injured, whatever, Malcolm, Dembele, you know, they always got injured, they didn't train 100%. So then going to the game, it's different. You can't you just sprint, you, can't you know? He's on, the yeah. only one in the world who can do that. I compare always LeBron James with, uh, with Ronaldo and Steph Curry with Messi. He's both their talent. LeBron James is hard work, talent of course, but hard work like Ronaldo, hard work to be the best. These both guys, they have just a gift. The big, the big question, Kevin, before we go, what's Messi like on a night out? You've I been with know. Ronaldinho. I don't know. You think he I never went out? 
Sure. We had like one party where uh, Jordi Alba signed a new contract. That's it. I had to sing, and then everybody went. Was Messi not on the table singing and stuff? No, like <laughs> no. So, so with all these players, you know, not yes, it was loan, but did, did you have like good relationships with some of them? Like you, you said that you only spoke to Messi once, or and, yeah. and it's not just about him, but in general, like, did you feel accepted, welcomed? Yeah, or? yeah, really. Like I had a very good relationship with Vidal, Rakitic, Ter Stegen, mm -hmm. Umtiti. Mm. You know, they're really good guys. And they welcomed me really good. Like when they saw me, they hugged me, welcome. You know, it was really, was easy, easy going to get in the dressing room. Even PK is a really good guy. Mm. And then yeah. you try to you come back from loan. You try yeah. to leave and then the Zerbi gives <laughs> you the fire. I come back to Sassuolo and, uh, but I didn't want to stay in Sassuolo because there were no fans, a small stadium. I wanted like action. I just came from Camp Nou, you know. So. And then I wanted to go back to Frankfurt but at that time, my partner, she didn't want to go back to Germany. So Fiorentina comes in and I called the Zerbi when we sit down at training camp. We were in camp in the mountains. So I called him. I said, we need to talk. So we both go with flip flops. I have no T-shirt on. We walk and I said, can we have the image? Can we have it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can, send can we have it? I have it? I have it on my There's phone. an image. Check this out. So I tell him I have to talk to you. And he's like, I know really what you want to talk about. So I said, yeah, wait. So we sit down and I tell him, I said, I want to leave. And he said, why? I said, yeah, but this club has not passion, you know. And he's like, I give you the passion. What else do you need? I come to your house every day if you need passion. Where do you want to go? No one is going to train you like I train you. You have to stay. And I said, yeah, relax, but I want to go. He said, where do you want to go? I said, yeah, Fiorentina. Fiorentina. <laughs> okay, go there with the coach, whatever. Do what you want. You will see when we come there. We put you in the middle. You're going to have to get the ball. You will see. He was so angry, but in a loving way. Because yeah, he yeah. said, you're like my son. I don't want to lose you. He said, we're going to put you in the middle. You're going to run behind the ball. 12 kilometers. You're going to just run behind the ball. Wow. We're going to put you in. We're going to win 4-0. And they beat us as well. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Did he give you the eyes after? No, he, he didn't even. <laughs> so if he gives me the eyes, that means you respect me. He didn't even give me the uh, eyes. Yeah. Like, yeah, I told you so. So we've already spoken about Besiktas. We're winding it down. You for, you know, you do Monza. Monza, as Steve was saying. Uh, her far. And then you're without a club. What's going on in these stages, man? So Monza... Monza was like a very important stage in my life because I went to a second league team for the first time in my life. Of course, Berlusconi was there, whatever, but I had to make some steps backwards as well because at that time with my knee injury and with my knee, not a lot of clubs were interested in me, you know? So, so I decided to go to a second league team. A lot of things happened in that year. I went through depressions, uh, took sleeping pills, you know, so my head wasn't in the right I played some good games, but I was never, I didn't arrive at Monza, the real Prince Boateng, because I went through so much stuff, childhood-wise, family, kids, whatever, you know. So I went through depressions, called the coach, and I said, I'm not coming in anymore. And I knew the coach because we used to go on holidays together, you know, so he was a good guy. He told me, stay home, no worries. Like, I, I went to practice one time driving, arriving at practice, but I didn't know how I arrived because my head was gone. So I went left, I went right. Yeah, so I arrived at practice, but I didn't know how. So I turned around, went back home and I called the coach and said, I'm not coming in anymore. I can't, I have no more energy. Like my son used to come and I just was there when I didn't know what to do with him. Like real depression. I stayed in bed for like four weeks straight, no showering, nothing. Wow. Yeah, it was tough. So then I went to a psychologist, they helped me and then I got better, but nothing really brought me back being me, uh -huh. you know, not being with my kid on a new club or whatever, like, and then the only thing what saved me, what saves me right now will give me peace, happiness and everything is, I want to show you guys, 
that Jesus is king. Jesus is king, <laughs> John 14, like, 6. So you're seriously, this is, for me, it changed my life. Totally changed how, my how, life. How, do you, how was you introduced? I was introduced for the first time because I grew up in a neighborhood where I grew up only with Muslims, you know, mm -hmm. Turkish Arabs, because the immigration of Turkish Arabs in Berlin is, is high. So I grew up with them, but I was never really religious or believing. So I knew I believed in a higher power, definitely. But uh, my older brother is a Muslim, you know, so I was like confronted with the Muslim. So I got introduced to to Jesus five years ago. This is where someone put the seed inside of me, you know, and then mm -hmm. I got curious and then I left it again and I said, no, I don't care. And then playing at Hertha, there was Dodi Lukubakio, the guy who was just signed for Sevilla. He started talking to me about Jesus and uh, the Bible and everything. And then I even got interested in him, you know, I was talking to him and um, got some questions, you know, I was like, why is it impossible that it's not true and coincidences and all that. So I went to the World Cup, Women's World Cup in Sydney, and this is where it hit me. The person prayed for me. And this is the first time I, I felt something inside of my body it was just like impossible to explain. Then I had an encounter, like, you know how, how, how you have to leave your pride and all the sinning, what, what we did, because at the end it's all sinning, what we do, going out, drinking, whatever. I left it all in the party and I bowed down. So I went to my knees and prayed to the Lord. I was crying like crazy. And this is when I had my, my testimony, my encounter with him, because mm -hmm. I heard the voice telling me, come home. Mm. Like it's mm. it's difficult to explain to some. If you would explain me that two months ago, I would say you're crazy. Yeah, because I see it on your Instagram you and know, stuff like that. Yeah, I got baptized. You know that as well. Mm. At the day, I had so much pain on my knee. As soon as I got mm. baptized, I went for a jog. I could run. Like it's crazy. Like if you tell it, if you would tell it, I don't tell anyone. Yeah, you have to be Christian. Mm. But it's just the peace I'm feeling, the love I receive, and the love I can give. It's just overwhelming. So going back to Monza, if I would have that in the moment right there, mm. like I wouldn't go through depressions and all that because reading the Bible, getting the word, it's just unbelievable what is happening in my life right now. Goes back to that we said before having to suffer. Yeah. Yeah. To get through. Yeah, yeah that's why like if you don't suffer, you don't learn. Mm. You know, and you don't have anything to to talk about if you just try to find a way around suffering. Mm. No, it's gonna come. Yeah. And it's going to come hard, really hard. Yeah. Like a lot of footballers, they don't talk, you know. They don't have the ability to talk. And you see the player in France sitting on the on the, mm, the oh, bridge. Yeah, on yeah, the bridge. Mm. Oh, because we're in everything, this tornado, like every day. Some people like me, when I was young, I was strong. I came out of it and I wanted to prove. But there's others, they're not strong. They're weak. So my, my key out of all of this was like becoming a Christian and believing in, in Jesus, having a purpose in life. And it changed everything in your life. Like nothing is important to me anymore. Mm. Watch his cars going, I don't care. I just want to serve good, be a good person and spread love. So this was my game changer. Is, is, there, is there a lot of players you know going through this type of stuff, the depression, yeah, so many, etc. So many and no one talks. Sleeping tablets. Sleeping pills, drinking, going out, looking for love everywhere. You know, so many having problems with family members. Like so, like everybody has their story, you know? That's why always the people say, be kind. You have to be kind to everybody. But it's true because everybody's going through something. You mm. never know what they're going through. How did you cope with um, moving? moving? Not just moving within a country, but moving countries like almost every 12 months. That's, that's the thing. Like sometimes you escape things. You think in a new country, it's better. With having new people around you, it's better, you know? So I coped with it. I love to travel. So I loved even learning languages. I speak five languages. So I always saw it as a positive thing. Open my, my mind, see different people. But a lot of players do that because they want to escape the, the pain. 
don't know if you ever feel at home. Um, my old job, I used to move around a lot. Yeah. And I, I feel like you end up feeling like you're living out of a suitcase exactly. and you never actually feel like you're putting your roots down. Right. Do you get a bit of that? Of course. Now I found a home, like Sydney. Sydney for me now is my home. Oh, when, you, I, when I land in Sydney, I feel home. Wow. It's unbelievable. After everywhere, after the first time I've been in Australia, after everywhere, like Milan was always my home because, but I connected it with success being the superstar. That's not home. Home is where you really can be yourself. Mm. I've never been myself. Yeah, no one cares what you do in, in no. Sydney, isn't it? It's yeah, like, yeah. It's but in Sydney, I can be myself now. Mm. I'm myself. All my career, I was acting, acting tough. I was home crying, depressions, being by myself, because at the end of the day, who are you with? You're just, now it's me and I have him and I can talk to him. Mm -hmm. But back in the day, I was alone. Mm -hmm. You have a wife, kids, you have a brother, you have a mother, whatever, but you're alone. When you close the, when you put down the light and you're alone, you're alone. Mm -hmm. So running away from pain is the worst you can do. So Sydney for me is my home now because my life changed out, out there, like completely. Before I was just acting, I was the best actor. I should win an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, because people always saw, oh, he's happy. Look how strong he is. No, I was so weak when I was at home. I used to go and tell my teammates the things I should have done. Be strong, don't worry, you can make a mistake, whatever. And I did mistakes, whatever. And I, and I was like, no problem. Press conference, yeah, I'm here, don't worry, yeah. Tough face, you go home, oh my God, you know? <laughs> and so many players go through that every day and we don't even know. Look, Dele Ali was interviewed. Mm. We were bashing him, ah, he's bad now, look how he's playing. We don't know where he went, what he's going through, you know? You don't know. So mm. be kind, try to understand the person. If he wouldn't make that interview, we'd still people would still attack him mm. and tell him you're shit now and whatever. So, but that's the thing, players have to start talking mm. because it's the human we have to understand. Because you're a footballer, okay, but you have a life out of football. That's mm, true. Listen, man, I think it's very brave for you to have done what you've done. And I want to keep encouraging you to keep Thank going. And you know what? Like, spreading that message. Just spreading the message, not being shy about it. I uh, proper <laughs> respect it. Keep it up, man. Fully supported here. I just want to say as well, thank you guys for watching. This has got, we've extended this one for Prince, man, because- <laughs> oh, This might be the train. Yeah. This might be number one. This that, might be the best one we've done. Yet. Honestly, it's really there. So I want you guys to just keep spreading the message that the video that you're seeing right now, and we want the world to see this one, man. Thank, thank you so you. much for thank coming. You. Thank you for your team as well, for coming as well. Behind they, the scenes. <laughs> honestly, you guys have been brilliant as well. <laughs> Guys, Vibe with Five will be back. We've got loads more videos coming out with uh, Kevin Prince. Boateng. Hey. <laughs> Keep watching. Peace. Ciao. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.